Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I woke up during the week, and finally, and it's a little premature even for this area, a cold snap. I guess you'd call it a cold snap, right, Steve? When it gets in the 50s, when I wake up and I'm in North Tampa and Lutz, and it says 50 anything, I'm like, woo, fall weather, baby. Needed that sweatshirt to walk to school this morning. Yeah, 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 change the wardrobe a little bit. Felt it great. feels feels like football weather, right? It's You rarely have it down here, but it feels like football weather. And it's a perfect weekend for football, except for the fact that none of the state teams that we follow closely, <laughs> Florida, Florida State, or USF, are playing. Wouldn't you know? I don't think they played um, this very well. No, they didn't, they didn't time it at all. They had, if they had any timing, they'd have no timing. But, yeah, and they all probably needed a day off after the losses that they sustained last weekend um, together. Not been the best year in college football for the state of Florida. But it was a great week last weekend for college football. I'll tell you what, that Tennessee-Alabama game was nuts. There were a couple like that where over 100 points were scored or so it seemed, and um, just back and forth. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about uh, with Matt Baker. Our college football writer is going to join us as he does every week today to break down where those state schools are at as well as some games around the country. Also, uh, you got a, a playoff game going on this weekend at Alang Field. It's uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies are playing Miami FC. It's, conference quarterfinal, right? Yeah, Champa Bay. I mean, going yeah. for a title. They made the, uh, if you remember, the Rowdies two years ago made the championship game. That game was not played due to a COVID outbreak. Mm-hmm. And then last year they lost the championship game yeah. to Orange County. So they're trying to make it to back to the championship game for the third straight year like the Lightning did last year. So That's right. Champa Bay. Is, and uh, I have a feeling that maybe Philadelphia is trying to wrestle that title away just a little bit because – you got the Phillies in the uh, National mm-hmm. League Championship Series. You've got the Eagles are undefeated. And for my money, the Sixers are a pretty good team as well. And the Flyers just beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. So John Tortorella's got them going. But, uh, yeah, the Rowdies could do a lot to kind of maintain the momentum down here uh, in Tampa this weekend. We're going to be at the Bucks uh, today. We'll have a chance to talk to Tom Brady. Boy, a lot of Tom Brady stuff out there um, from, you know, obviously the the wedding that he went to for Pop Craft last Friday, uh, made a comment on his, I guess his show, his podcast with Jim Gray comparing, it was a bad analogy and people try to stay away from this, but he, he made the analogy of a football season as, as like sort of deployment in the military where he just kind of dug in. That didn't go over so well, so. Lots to talk with Tom about if uh, if and when uh, he wants to engage us on that. But obviously the Bucks have a big game at Carolina. They have to win this game. I don't, I've looked at the schedule. I don't see any way that this works. If they were to lose their their you know fourth game in five weeks and and lose to a Carolina team that is about as dysfunctional. You know, last week you could say, well, Pittsburgh is struggling. They have all these injuries. They have a rookie quarterback, but it's still the Steelers. It's still coached by Mike Tomlin. Listen, Steve Wilkes has taken over now. Uh, they they have an interim head coach. They don't know who's playing quarterback. It could be Sam Darnold, for God's sakes. Uh, and so, you know, you have to go into Carolina, division game, get this win if you're the Buccaneers. And and more than that, 
just you know clean up the just the atrocious uh, play calling, the atrocious mistakes and gaps on defense on third and long. Uh, you know, this is these are guys that have been together for a while. It's really inexcusable, to be honest with you. What what happened up in Pittsburgh as I, as you break it down and look at the film, we talked about that the other day. But they have got to turn this thing around, and Carolina is the perfect team to go in uh, as an angry team and, and try to hang as many points on them as you can. We'll see how the Bucks manage to do that. Uh, Matt Baker coming up in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys that May Electric Solar can help lower your electric bill. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Billy May the other day. He was doing a project up here in North Tampa. They're committed to you for the long term. Here's the difference. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. So if something goes wrong during those 30 years, they're going to come out and fix it. And you also, with every installation, get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That you won't get anywhere. That's the main difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, they've got all their products displayed, and they conduct on-site testing. You see what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. Billy's got his guys out there on the roof. They're here, his guys, and they're, they're there every day, so you know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances as well. May Electric Solar, that's 727-819-2862. All right, favorite time of the week. We get to talk to Mac Baker about some college football. And this weekend, the state schools, or at least the ones that we uh, talk about a lot on this podcast, are all off. They all got bye weeks, and that means that Matt gets to watch college football as a I guess just as an observer and a journalist, but not have to go to a game, which is nice, Matt. Nice fall weekend to spend in front of the TV set. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Just uh, I get to watch a little bit more national stuff this week, so yeah. I can get a better yeah. idea of Heisman and feel like my top twenty-five is a little bit more educated. Because you know, I, I mm-hmm. watch everything that I can, but um, yeah. you know, when you're at a game, obviously you're focused on that, and then obviously getting to the game, watching warm-ups, and then writing afterwards. So Saturday, I'll actually get to just kind of hang out and, and watch a good bunch of ball and, and get a better feel for the, the national landscape. Yeah. While you were uh, watching some ball up at Tallahassee last weekend, Florida State and Clemson. So we'll start there. I was encouraged by the way Florida State continued to play. Um, they kind of had an outside chance with a, a little bit of luck of maybe, you know, being a Hail Mary away, I guess. Uh, Clemson, as we talked about, looks like the real deal to me. I don't know that they're going to lose another game. They have maybe one that that will be contested. But where is Florida State right now? What did you take away from their effort against the Tigers? It was it was a weird game because you can look at it and say Florida State was not super competitive. I mean, I I, I you know when uh, Clemson scored the seventeen points in two minutes and ten seconds of game time to go up yeah. by 17 i'm like all right time to write you yeah, know yeah. so uh, on that hand and, and at no point really in the second half did i think florida state had a chance but you look and then they score a couple touchdowns and they got an onside kick and if they recover that they got a chance to win the game um and you look at the numbers like they outgained them 46 or 460 to 370 they, they ran for mm-hmm. 200 yards on a really 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 good rushing defense so there's mm-hmm. stuff to be encouraged by but yeah. also it didn't feel close so it's just kind of this this weird thing, and that's kind of just where FSU is. Where right. you know, if you would have told me in July Florida State's going to be four and three at this point, I would have said, "Yeah, I'd take that if I'm FSU, absolutely." Mm-hmm. And if you would have told me they would lose to Wake at NC State and Clemson, I'd say, "Okay, yeah, 
that 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 checks that 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 follows but to be so close to all of them where yeah. you know it, it was 10 points against wake forest but it, it was felt a little bit closer than that um and then to lose at nc state after blowing a, a, a was a 14 point lead in the second half and getting shut out and then mm-hmm. to come back and have a chance a small chance but still have a chance to be clemson i mean sickening was the word that mike norvell used afterwards and i I get that because they're 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 definitely better, right? Go go back to I mean, here's the thing I'll say. When was the last time you felt like Florida State had a legitimate chance to beat Clemson? Good point. I, I mean, yeah. 16 probably. Mm-hmm. And, and go go back to the last time Florida State hosted Clemson, which was in 2018 cuz the the 2020 game got coveted out. That that was the the famous game with with the meme where the the shirtless uh, professors reading a, a book in, in the back of the stadium, right? That's right. So, so go from there to Saturday, where they have an onside kick with a couple minutes yeah. left with a chance to try and win it. There's right. definitely better, but it's just not consistent enough. They keep shooting themselves in the foot with penalties, busted coverages, missed tackles, missed assignments, uh, the fumble, bad kickoff return coverage. All just little things that separating them from being. You know, a, 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 I think they're a good team, pretty good team. That's what's keeping them from being a top 20 team, a top 15 team. And you know, some Florida State fans are already given up on Norvell, I, saying, oh, he can't do it. I, I don't think that. I just think we don't know yet. But what we do know is they're better and closer, but not there. So you said, I think, at the beginning of the season, and I don't want to misquote you here, but like, if, if Florida State wins eight games, that's progress, man. That's like mm-hmm. you're in a bowl, um, probably you know maybe not a New Year's Day bowl, but you're you're in a decent bowl. Um, you got another month of, of practice. You've got you know uh, from where they've come, that's still attainable, right? Like what's what's left for them now in the season that you think they can still actually grab? Yeah, I w- I would not be surprised if they won out. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, mm-hmm. um, they they've got Syracuse in a couple weeks uh, at Syracuse. I know the Orange is undefeated. I don't think they're that great. Uh, you know, right. I understand the defense is better. I like the running back, Tucker, um, quarterback, the, the, uh, Schrader, the Mississippi State transfer. He's pretty good. I, Syracuse has been kind of lucky to me. So I, they're mm-hmm. not a sensational Syracuse team. So Florida State has a chance of winning that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I would pick them to win as we sit here today. Um, you know, Florida at the end of the year, I don't know, it's kind of a coin flip, although it's at Tallahassee. So I would probably lean FSU. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all if they won out, um, mm. or they could also lose a couple of those and go seven and five. So, right. yeah, if if they go eight and four, that would be a successful season in my eyes. Seven and five, I still think it's a, I mean, it's a two game improvement from where they yeah. were, and then you right. look at those losses the, the way they were too, and, and being, you know, being competitive against the uh, against the NC States and, and Wakes and Clemsons. You take that. That shows progress, and that would set up a huge fourth year for Norvell. Where okay, the COVID year that that's way behind. You've had enough time. It's your dudes, you're recruiting. Now let's see what you can really do. Progress. It needs to be more than than eight and four. Yeah, I think he's earned that. We'll see what he does the rest of the season, but I, I think Norvell has earned that for sure. And and they are getting better. Um, you'd love to see that signature win, see him get over the hump, all those cliches, but it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, Florida and LSU, this was an interesting game. I've always said this about LSU. They're never going to have a lack of talent in Louisiana, man. They've always got playmakers on both sides of the ball. They always have speed. They always got dudes, as you like to call them. 
Um, and look, it's going to take, we knew it would take a little while for Brian Kelly to kind of put his stamp on things. Going into Florida is a tough thing to do for any team. And I was impressed with, with what LSU did. I don't know what to make of Florida now. I'm a little on the fence about them. I thought I knew, you know, Anthony Richardson, a lot of hope, a lot of things uh, to be positive about. But, man, when you give up that many points, you got to be a little worried, don't you? Yes, you do. Um, especially, yeah, the defense hasn't been great this year. It just hasn't. Um, and the third down defense is, I mean, it's it's historically bad. Um, I spent some time Tuesday trying to find the last time the Gators' third down defense was this bad. Um, they're giving up, uh, opponents are converting 52.6%, so almost 53% wow. of third downs against the Gators. Wow. That is, that that's atrocious. Um, since 2009, that is the fifth worst of any Power 5 team. Uh, the others, if you're keeping track, last year, Kansas, 2017, Oregon State, 2013, Purdue, and 2011, Maryland. Mm. Those guys won a combined six games. So this is not a group you want to be a part of. Um, mm. I, I tried to find the last time Florida's third down defense was this bad. Um, unfortunately, I could the, the media guides only keep this track this statistic going back to 1979. They skipped a year in there. But but listen to this again. It's 53 percent almost is what they're giving up. There have been only three times since 1979 that Florida has allowed 40 percent. So they are worse by, I mean, a mile, miles and mm. miles on third down. Um, they're, they're atrocious on third and long. You know, I throw away the Eastern Washington game. That doesn't count. And they're allowing opponents to convert 41% on third and eight or more. National Jeez. average is like 15%. So they're about three wow. times worse than the national average. It's, it's atrocious. And, and it's, it's not one thing. I don't know if this is, this is better or worse, but it's not one thing. You know, sometimes yeah. it's it's broken tackles and missed tackles. Sometimes it's clearly okay. The the wires got crossed. Somebody wasn't where they were supposed to be. Um, there there were a couple times LSU had four and five seconds to throw, just because there was no pass rush. So it's it's one thing after another after another, and what it's led to is the worst third down defense. You know, uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Tone. He's thirty two years old. So this is by far by miles the worst third down defense the Gators have had in Patrick Tony's lifetime and maybe this bye week this open date will give them time to fix that um I'm not 100% sure I, I I'm I don't know if it's I think some of it is scheme um some of it is the players although it's not like the guys are playing are not talented um some of it's the you know the guys on the other side making plays but uh, all of it is just it's just unacceptable and until that's fixed I mean look Georgia Georgia's really, really good. They're gonna if, if that continues, Georgia's gonna mop the floor of them in Jacksonville. Yeah, they can pick a score. I, I, I think, you know, I've always wondered about this too. And, and like in the NFL, this can occur at times. You got an offensive coach in Billy Napier, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. you know that's his side of the ball, so he's gonna have to rely heavily on whoever he hires, and in this case, a very young uh, Patrick Tony, um, but also recruiting. You know what I mean? Like, how heavily do they? You know, is the offense? Out recruiting the defense. I mean, they need players. The you know every level of football is about players, and I don't know. Like, I, you know, I haven't watched Florida study them very closely, but it's got to start with with the guys you got on the field. But then you're right, coaching. I mean, there's no way you should be backwards on third and long. You know, we've watched the Bucks do that just this past week, which should never happen right. with an experienced defense. But 
third and long, that's that's your down. You know, teams just don't convert on that. And if you can't get the ball back to the offense, that's how LSU was able to score so many points and others. Um, they got to get that fixed. I mean, Florida has, even when they didn't have a good offense, it seemed like their defense was always respectable. You know what I mean? Like they kept them kind of in games. But, yeah, and yeah, certainly like the 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 Will Muschamp era, the Jim McElwain yeah, era. Yeah, those were good defenses. In some cases, great or uh, great defenses, and maybe even elite at times. And the offense was not where it was. And now it's sure. now the defense isn't doing its part, and the offense is is inconsistent. I mean, Anthony Richardson is is up and down. Um, right, right. He's he's playing like a young quarterback, and, and there's times. I mean, that 81 yard touchdown run. I mean that was ridiculous. That that's the Anthony Richardson that we've seen for a couple of years, and and that gets everybody excited. Sure. And then he'll miss reads, or maybe slide early, or, or just yeah. And then there's just kind of a bunch of men there too. And I, I'm I'm not giving up on Anthony. Just I mean for for starters, it's not like the Gators have a lot of options behind him. Um, and that talent is still so immense. I, I just think it's it's going to be a situation where he's probably, I would certainly think he's going to come back for another year, and then we'll kind of see where things can go from there. But I wanted to, to jump back to something. You, you were talking about recruiting a second ago. Yeah. Because obviously that's what this comes down to. It's, it's, sure, it's it the dudes, down right? Mm-hmm. Um, Florida has some chances here. Um, the, the word that, that Napier used when asked about the, the Gators' defense after the game, I I'm reading this. I see a lot of opportunity. So you can read that a couple different ways. One is there's plays to be made and the guys aren't making them. Right. The other thing is it was a huge recruiting weekend for, for the Gators because mm. obviously LSU is a big game, big atmosphere. Florida was off this week, so they got to spend a little bit more time with the recruits who were visiting. So you can kind of see that as a, yeah, we got some issues and we need some guys to fix it. And you start mm. looking at the, the 23 recruiting class. They just got a commitment the other day from Dejon Johnson, a, a safety from Warden, top 100 player. Um, got a top 150 cornerback from uh, Osceola. They've got a bunch of D linemen. Got a bunch mm-hmm. of other four-star D, uh, defensive back commits. They're in the mix for a guy named Cormani McLean, who was supposed to announce next week. He was the uh, number two overall player in the country, according to the 247 composite. I think he'd be their highest-ranked recruit since probably Vernon Hargraves just off the top of my head. And they're definitely in the mix on him. So there's opportunities there in terms of recruiting for, for the back half of the defense to get shored up here pretty quickly. If Billy and his staff can kind of, you know, seal the deal on on those players. But just when you, when you look at the, 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 the product on the field, the defense is not doing its part and that's not helping the fact that, you know, Anthony John or Anthony Richardson, keeps kind of making some mistakes and the receivers are not super impressive at times and they're not helping the uh, a, a good run game. You impressed at all by Brian Kelly and what he's done at LSU? Yeah. I, I had no idea what to make of them. I just no idea. I, mean, I remember asking uh, Kirk Herbstreet before the Florida State game, like, what do you ever read on LSU? He's like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I go, good. Me neither. Um, just because they had so many new players and new coach and all that stuff. And, you know, Brian Kelly's really, really good. He's won everywhere he's been. But when you're in a new league, new team, there can be some growing pains. But they've gotten better over the course of the season, um, definitely since the Florida State game. Got a nice win over Mississippi State that's, you know, still at top 25, top 30 team. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely impressed with what Brian Kelly's done because you can look at the Florida game and look at all the issues Florida had. The mm-hmm. other part of it is LSU had some good play calls and had some good schemes and, and got a good game out of Jaden Daniels. So, yeah, I'm definitely impressed with Brian Kelly and, and what he's done with the Tigers thus far. Yeah. Well, uh, not such good news uh, down the street at USF. They lose to Tulane. More importantly, perhaps, they lose their quarterback, Gary Bohannon. And we've talked about Jeff Scott. You had a great piece uh, yourself and Joey uh, Knight combined to sort of do the point-counterpoint on what should become of Jeff Scott? You know, what's the what's the uh, the positives or negatives of of keeping him? What the same is true if you were to to let him go. You start with the buyout, which is a good significant amount of money, you would imagine, um, and just the fact that they would be going to you know another coach, um, which you know I, I look at that one of two ways, Matt, and I and I you know I read the piece and and I was like, yeah, that might cause be cause for pause for a, a good young coach or any coach to say hey do i want to go in there when they fire a guy every two or three years but if you don't do it what does it say about the direction of the program and just you know how committed you are and and yes the money's part of it but if nobody's in this in the seats watching the product anyway you're losing money so there's a lot there was a re- it was really well thought out by both of you guys i don't know you know you kind of played off each other a little bit i don't know who did what but at the end of the day Without a quarterback now, um, I thought Tulane was one of their winnable games, possibly in, in the in the in the conference. This is getting darker and darker for them. Well, going into the year, yeah, I, I thought Tulane was one of the winnable games, but Tulane's been pretty good. I mean, they beat yeah, K State, yeah, which that's true. Yeah, they had the inexplicable loss to, to Southern Miss, but I've had them in my ballot, my, my top twenty-five ballot. I think three weeks in a row now. Um, this okay. week they entered the rankings at, at twenty-five. So <clears throat> let's. But Tulane's good. They're mm-hmm. a good AAC team. So let's mm-hmm. put a put a period there. Um, yeah. Now, should USF have been outgained five sixty four to three seventy seven and doubled up on first downs against Tulane? Okay. When, when you start digging in a little bit, then that's when mm-hmm. it gets a little bit trickier. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to go back to something you said about just the, the coaching changes. Um, if let's say I don't, as we sit here today, I still think Jeff Scott is the coach next year. Um, okay. So let's get that out of the way. Sure. But but let's say they decided to make a change. Coach Coach Joe Blow would be the fifth coach in fifteen seasons for USF. Yeah. 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 There are some places you can do that, right? Like uh, Houston has cycled through coaches. UCF to some degree has cycled through coaches because somebody does a good job. Boom, three years there to Tennessee, two years there to, or three years there to um, Nebraska, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston had guys go to Baylor and, and Texas A&M. So that's one thing. But USF doesn't have that foundation. They've never sustained success. You know, no. they had the eight wins and stuff under, under Levitt, but no conference championships. They, they, it's not, there's not a bedrock there. So until that's there, I don't know that you can go through a situation where you keep hitting the reset button and, you know, yeah, you know, just keep moving on. So that's Two kind of the, back, the one, one thing I'd forward, say. Kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but on the other hand, we is Jeff Scott the guy to fix it? I, I don't know. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that you'd have to decide. Um, but I do want to just to come back on the the this, the point of stability and what that means in the industry. Yeah. If I'm if I'm a thirty five year old. Uh, uh, Offensive coordinator at Tennessee, at Oregon, whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm looking at potential options at the G5 level because I'm, I'm ready to be a head coach. I know I am. Sure. 
Sure. Look, M- Michael Kelly, the AD, is on record saying Jeff Scott would get another year. And then, let's say, he, you know, again, in this scenario, he fires him after three years. I'd be going into a situation that three of their last four coaches would have been fired after three years. And, and all of them are un- would be understandable. I, I get it. But I would see a team that USF would, would what, go 2-10 and ten this year or something like that. I know it's going to take me time to fix it. But the track record shows me I'm not going to get that time to fix it. Mm-hmm. That would be a major concern for me if I'm choosing yeah. between USF and um, I'm just throwing out a name. East Carolina, Charlotte. What, sure. you know, pick your, your random school here. Sure. So th- I, I definitely think that's something that kind of needs to be kept in mind. I'm not saying that's the reason to keep them. But that's yeah. just part of the equation and part of the calculus. And then we, we touched on it in this story, and, and you mentioned it as well, the injuries. I mean, that's a thing. The, the, the lack of depth, yes, that, that falls on Jeff Scott. I get it. But when you're down, I think the number they had was 21 guys who were either starters or mm-hmm. on the two deep who have missed notable action this week or this season, including now the starting quarterback. Yeah. That's, there's not a lot of programs that can take that. Now, the, the thing you have to figure out is, does that excuse one and six or whatever the record ends up being at the end of the year? That's something that they're going to have to decide, and you, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, are going to have to decide for yourself as well. It's hard. Uh, and and I, everything you've said, I agree with. It, it's just, I think there is the business of college football, and there's the accountability side of it. And I think if he just wins one or two games, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You can sell it, right? Can you sell it to a recruit? It's opportunity, right? We need players. Come on in, play right away. Stay home. I can hear the pitch, but I'm not sure the boosters or other people are really reaching deep in there. They're trying to build, you know, a stadium. They're trying to get things done. You'd like a little momentum on the field side. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm really curious to see how they finish the season, but it's going to be really interesting. There was so, some so, interesting. Sorry, let's, let's, go ahead. let's just touch, yeah. touch on that fast. Um, mm-hmm. So let's say I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the schedule. I hate playing the schedule game on, on radio know, or right? podcast, but off this week at Houston, Houston's not as good as I thought. That, that's, that's tough. So you the, the ones that you'd pencil in and, and say, okay, this one you can get at Temple on November 5th. Temple's okay. not good. Yeah. UCF just hung 70 on him. You could get that, sure. You can get Temple. At Tulsa on a Friday, November 18th. Mm-hmm. Tulsa's coach is on the hot seat, too, Phil Montgomery. Mm-hmm. That's If USF is better, that's a gettable game. And then you're at 3-9, and nine where you're going from 1-2 to two to 3. Is 3-9 is and nine good enough for UCF? No. Or, or UCF, USF, no, it is not. Or UCF, for that matter. No, it's not good enough. But maybe you can sell that to think, okay, we're making some progress here. We are making some baby steps. And, and you then got you momentum. factor in the injuries and everything else. Yeah. And maybe yeah, that's got, a, a, a pitch that you can make. Yeah, you got momentum. You would have won two out of your last three or four games. That's that's something to say, hey, at the end of the year, we were this. And we had all these injuries and we still, you know, here's how we finished. Like, I, I would – look, I don't think the guy is going to – get fired anyway I mean, we're kind of right. talking about it but at the end of the day i think he's going to get another year for better or worse um but it's a, it's an interesting conversation they just can't seem to get that win and now 
they got a lot of beat up players, which is too bad. Uh, I was gonna before we get you out of here. I just wanted to get your take. I was on my way to Pittsburgh and saw the first half at home, the second half at the airport. My oh my, what a college football extravaganza they had in Knoxville last weekend with Alabama <laughs> and Tennessee. Uh, apparently, um, the scoreboard lights work on both sides up there uh, at Neyland Stadium. But it was it was an entertaining college game, and that's an understatement of the year, right? But everything we said about Tennessee. Uh, and I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, if they're going to, if they're going to finish the deal here. Right. Um, but that was a monumental win for that program and a tremendous college football atmosphere, a tremendous game. What did you, what did you make of it? And we talked about it going in that they had a good chance. Um, just crazy game, right? That's the best of college football <laughs> right there with, with no defense at all on either side. Yeah. I was like, okay, who, who needs defense? That's fine. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> It, it was nuts. I, I was watching in the press box. Everybody in the press box in Tallahassee was watching. It was it oh, was yeah. on every TV. And I had the... Um, f- first of all, yes, it was a great game. It was a great Saturday. Um, it was, I, yeah. I, had, I had TCU-Oklahoma State pulled up on my laptop. So when there's a break in oh, the wow. Vols game, I'm, I'm watching TCU-Oklahoma State going to double overtime in that yeah. top 15 matchup. Um, yep. Yeah, the scene in Knoxville was insane. Um I, I have experienced it. I have seen awesome at Tennessee. That was another level, probably a couple mm. levels beyond the, the games I've been up there for. Um, right. Hendon Hooker is really, really good. The other thing that, I mean, yeah, I mean, first of all, I'll give a lot of credit to Tennessee. I, I was extremely skeptical of Josh Heupel um, when they hired him. I, I'm not ready to admit complete defeat yet. Let's, let's let Heupel win the East first. Right. Let's let him win a division, mm-hmm. something like that, before I, I completely admit defeat and concede. However, it is clear that I underestimated him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm man enough. I'm willing enough to admit that for sure. Um, the other thing that's that's interesting to me on, on this is is the Heisman stuff, and you know, it's at the time time of year where it's kind of, I should probably start thinking about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to have a whole lot of preconceived ideas. I want to let the whole season play out. Um, Hinton Hooker is is probably the favorite. I mean, uh, your your boy C.J. Stroud at Ohio State is is in that mix as well. Watching the game, I don't know that I thought Hinton Hooker was the best player on the field. I Bryce Young is insane. I mean, I'll yeah. put it this way: I'm not gonna, I'm not going to name my my colleague and and the media, but somebody in the press box who's been around FSU a while. After Bryce Young made one of his spin out of trouble, throw it downfield, just ridiculous plays, somebody compared him to Charlie Ward. This person wouldn't would not say that lightly. I know enough to know that. And when you start saying that, that's that means a lot. And again, Hinden Hooker's a great player. We're splitting hairs on whether he's the best player in the country, second best, fourth best, whatever the case may be. He's really, really good. Uh, watching that game, I thought Bryce Young was the best player on the field, even in defeat. I mean, it, he he threw the the perfect. I think it was a, uh, the last drive for Bama. Second down, um, Jamar Gibbs ran like a little angle route, hit him right in the hands. He catches that; it's a different game. And mm-hmm. you know, again, Tennessee won the game. I've got him number one in the country on my my top twenty five ballot. Balls are really good, but uh, Bryce Young didn't lose that game either. I'm with you. I was I was impressed. I th- I saw an NFL talent um, that you know kind of exceeds what we've seen coming out of college the last few years. I mean, we've seen what some of these Alabama quarterbacks have done, right? Um, mm-hmm. Tua Tagovailoa has had a tough go of it, and he's had a bunch of coaches and injuries and things like that. 
Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate right now uh, in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to win it, but his team is undefeated. Bryce Young is so much better than those guys, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not even close. You know what I mean? No question. You put those three on the field together, you're like, wow, this guy's so much better. I'll take him. Yeah, no question. I've seen all three in person. Uh, Tua was better than Jalen, although Jalen certainly did what the, the system asked of him uh, yeah. And then Tua took it to another level, and Bryce Young is another level beyond that. No yeah. question in my mind. Yeah, like Deshaun Watson good, right, in college football. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'd have to say that. And again, I, I've said it before, uh, Deshaun Watson's on the short list of best players I've seen with my own eyes. Right. Um, the only other quarterbacks in that discussion, Jameis in 2013, but 14 weighed it down. Um, mm-hmm. maybe Colt McCoy, although I don't think so. But then it's, Trevor Lawrence it's had that Lamar year, didn't he? Trevor Lawrence. You know, I didn't get to see Trevor Lawrence in person. Oh, and, okay. and this goes this goes back to what we talked about at, at the beginning. Florida State being irrelevant and so bad that yeah. I didn't cover a Trevor Lawrence game because why would I go up to watch FSU lose sure. by a thousand? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I, I didn't get to see Trevor Lawrence in person, unfortunately. So yeah, the, the short list for me and guys I've seen with my own eyes, again, like Mariota was really good, but it's 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 Bryce Young, it's Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson mm. in some order. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's pretty good. So who's your top four or five? Who you got right now uh, after all this shakeup that uh, took place in Knoxville? So this is no order because I haven't yeah. thought it through that much yet, but guys that I know I'm going to have to give a strong look to. Um, Bryce Young and Will Anderson at Alabama. Um, okay. Anderson's stats aren't the way they were last year, where it was historic. But he, I think it was the A and M game. He had like twelve hurries or twelve pressures or whatever. Like yeah. he wasn't getting sacks, but every single play he was in the backfield. So I, I know I'm going to look at him. Um, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee is obviously in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. CJ Stroud at Ohio State. A um, couple running backs, definitely Blake Corum at Michigan. Is, yeah. is going to be high on my list. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we want to call him a, a dark horse or whatever, but uh, Chase Brown at, mm-hmm. at Illinois, who spent a year down in, in uh, at Bradenton, um, so a Canada native. But yeah, he's been really, really, really good. And then um, TCU guys, Max Duggan at quarterback, the, the receiver, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, I think it was Johnson. Um, those are probably the guys on the list off the top of my head. Yeah. I don't know if there's anybody at Clemson that like has to be in there. I don't know that there's somebody at Georgia that has to be in there at this point. Um, right. So, yeah, that's those are the guys off the top of my head. And, and is in the top 25, as far as the teams go themselves, Did you how, how far do you think Alabama will fall? I, I, sorry, one more. Uh, UCLA's quarterback, uh, DTR. He, he would DTR, be on, yeah, in, yeah. in the mix as well. Um, yep. I dropped Bamba to six th- this past week. Okay. I, I still, I you know, I put Tennessee at one. I think I only 
there's like 64 voters or something. Only 15 of us put Tennessee at one. Hmm. I, I I was a little surprised it wasn't higher, um, yeah. just because Alabama's still really good. They still got a <laughs> bunch of talent, yeah. and Tennessee's really only had I think the one, I guess two close games if you count Florida, and then the Pitt head scratcher that I still don't quite understand. Um, see, I had Tennessee one, Ohio State two, Georgia three, Clemson mm-hmm. four, Michigan five. And, and okay. I think the top four or top five, excuse me, have separated themselves a little bit. Yeah. Because um, yeah. even, you know, Bama's had a couple games that aren't Bama. I mean, they, they lead the country in, in uh, penalties, which is astounding for a Nick Saban team. So there's still, you know, they could win out and win the national title and no one would be surprised. But they, they've seemed a little shakier than some Bama teams. So to me, that's kind of where I drew the line. Um Clemson's destroyed just about everybody. Michigan's destroyed everybody. Um, so those guys deserve to be ahead of Bama, but Bama's still proven a little bit more, even in, I mean, in hanging and having a chance to beat a really good Tennessee team. They've shown a little bit more than TCU, Ole Miss, UCLA. Yeah. No, it's, it, w- it was a good week of college football. Hopefully this will be a good weekend too, and a good weekend for Matt Baker and the Baker family. You get to have Dad home for a change and watching some college football on the TV instead of having to – uh, drive to Florida or Tallahassee or, or get on a plane. So enjoy your weekend. we got some great fall weather for a change here in, in Tampa Bay, so it should be great. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks, Rick. All right, not much college football to look at this weekend, but we'll be looking at some other games, and we'll get you ready, of course, for the Bucks and the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. Nice time of year to go visit there, see if the Bucks can uh, turn themselves around after having lost three out of four. They need this one in Carolina. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.